Hi, and welcome back to episode six of Saturdays on the Prairie. I'm Cortai Vincent. I'm Stuart Yamashita. And this week we'll be recapping that game that happened in Austin this weekend. Unfortunately, OSU lost, but we'll get we'll take a deep dive into it. Then we'll look forward to this week as OU uh, welcomes Texas Tech and OSU uh, welcomes the Wildcats of K-State. We'll give our previews of each of those games each of those games and see how we think they'll go down as far as the rest of the country goes we're going to recap that big game that happened in athens this weekend of course how bad michigan looked in madison um and joe burrow's heisman candidacy obviously uh ucla won a football game that's national news and gardner Minshew is the king of the world um the pac-12 still stinks and we're going to have a little daniel jones talk in there and then of course as always we'll finish it up with some weekly picks let's get into it Alrighty, let's do it. So let's start with the OSU versus Texas game in Austin that happened this weekend. Um, it was an interesting game. There was a, it was a kind of sloppy in some ways, but uh, I want to talk about uh, how we feel regarding what it means for both of our teams from the game, right? Because you still have to play Texas we still and OSU. Play Texas. And uh, that was the first game that OSU played that it was um, a real test rather than a, a cupcake, right? So um, it, it should be a real tell sign for the season. So um, how does that make you feel about the for Bedlam and the Red River game? Well, I'm not too worried for Bedlam yet. I think that the reason that Oklahoma State stayed in the game is you have too many botched uh, botched punt receptions from Texas. You can't. That's two. That's two in your own red zone. That just is not very good. You're giving them points. That's three points. Otherwise, this game looks a lot different. So that doesn't worry me so much. But Texas, if they clean that up, they look really, really good. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Well, okay. Texas played really well, obviously. But at the same time, I like we picked Ellinger off for the first time all year, and he we held him to under 300 yards. And they did have a 100-yard rusher, but I feel like Texas wasn't like they they were they were better against LSU on offense. It like if that, that like that's weird to say, but I think it's true. And like I don't think maybe LSU's defense is not as typically good as it is, or maybe Texas just got up for that game more. But I feel like Texas definitely didn't play well enough to stop. Like I think if Texas played like they did in this game against OU. OU would probably win by two scores. Yeah, I agree with that. But you, you just, comparing it to LSU, the uh, Texas offense didn't have as many uh, chances. They didn't, they didn't run as many plays as they did against LSU because their special teams was really screwing them over. Well, okay. But, like, it's not like OSU didn't. The fake punt, like, what was the – or the fake field goal where he, he – there was fourth and one, then there was the delay of game, and then he still calls the fake where the the holder kicks it to the, or flicks it to the outback. Like that was that was stupid on Gundy's part. Like you, 
Dude, that, that, that's a terrible call. Yeah. I don't like that call at all. I mean, a lot of people are going to question Gundy's game management from this game. I'm not worried. Like, so we went for it three times on fourth down in their red zone that we didn't get it. I think we went for it maybe once another time that we did. But don't quote me on that. But I, I know that we didn't get it three times. And one of those times was because we made a stupid call. One of those times was because Chuba tripped over um the the offensive lineman and then the other one like we just we just got stuffed and so i don't think it was like like gundy was aggressive but of the three times one of them was the wrong call yeah like i don't think he terribly mismanaged the game like some people were trying to make it out to and he did not want to talk to reporters after the game they he they would ask him questions and he just was like not responding because he was so mad well you can be aggressive to a point but i would rather see you go for it with spencer sanders on the field and all the weapons you have on the that's field that's what i was thinking like if once it became fourth fourth and one is different when you just need to get one yard but fourth and six like Isolate Tylen on one side and throw a jump ball. That's better than that fake field goal. You've got a bunch of elite guys on your offense, and your special teams is not elite. So well, you put your guys been out really there. good this year. He's been splitting the uprights from, like he hasn't been shaky. But I don't want him rushing the ball. Oh, like, he didn't run it. They, they, uh, they. The, the flick. I don't need. I don't yeah. need him out there trying to. Right. Get these first down. I'd rather have Spencer Sanders out there throwing it to Tylen Wallace yeah. or giving it to Chuba. And for me, Spence probably didn't have his – it was by no means, like, the best stat line. I mean, he was 19 for 32 with 268 yards and a couple picks and no touchdowns through the air. He had a rushing touchdown. But, like, as far as throwing the ball, I liked what I saw from him, though. He, he threw two picks, but they weren't um, – they weren't terrible reads. He was being really aggressive in times that he probably shouldn't have been. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's young. I think that um, he he played a lot better in this game versus a much better team, and I was happy to see that. And overall, I wasn't very disappointed with the way the team played. Now, we have to come out this week and beat K-State. Like, that's a must at this point. But... Um, I liked what I saw. I don't think like we're competing for the Big 12 championship this year, but we should. I think we should be the third best team in the conference, right? Don't you think so? Yeah, I mean, you don't have really much competition in Iowa State, and no one else looks like they're gonna really I get mean, it together. I mean, TCU went out and lost to SMU this week. Yeah, so that didn't. That looked really bad for the conference. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. So really, I think you only have one one team left that is. Really, I guess, okay, Texas still could make the playoffs, but OU really is your really if only Texas wins big out there hopeful. In. If Texas wins out there, and it's a fact. Because they would have beaten OU twice. Their loss against LSU looks so good. That's true. Because they played really well, despite losing. Like, Notre Dame and Texas are going to get so much credit for losing games in non-conference. It's kind of crazy. We'll get into Notre Dame later, but... Like, I mean, even when Georgia was in the victory formation, snapping the ball at the end, the the announcers on CBS were like, well, they questioned if Notre Dame can prove they can play with the big dogs, and they sure did. And it was like, okay, they lost. Like, it's it they played well, but they lost. Like, the credit that Texas and Notre Dame will get is ridiculous for losing. But they're going to get it. 
I don't think I think Notre Dame though, just because I mean, who do they play re- the rest of the year? I don't think they well, have they got anyone. UVA to... this weekend, and they play Syracuse, and they play USC right and Stanford every year. I think. I don't think those Typically. teams are good enough to get you back in the well, playoff conversation. Sucks. They might not play Stanford, but um, USC is might be good. Their backup quarterback, they're their I guess their third stringer. Um, let's look at Notre Dame's schedule. Um, they. Like right, they play UVA this week. That that's a good game, and they they have SC. They still play Michigan, which they should win. And my playoff prediction looks terrible. Yeah. So the rest of the season, they're at Stanford. Then they are at Michigan, which they should go into the big house and win. And they've got SC at home. So that's and they've got UVA at home this week. So they're gonna have three more top twenty five wins when the season's done. And I mean. If they win, I don't. It would take a lot of chaos for them to make the playoff, but I could foresee it happening. Mm, that's a uh, that'd be really surprising if they still do it. And they don't hate Notre Dame as much as you do, Stuart. Now that's they true. could definitely get upset because like it's Notre Dame, but they they have a tendency to underperform sometimes. But I mean, regardless, they they still have a chance. Um, we'll get into that more of that later. Um, so yeah. As an OSU fan, was not the end of the world. I think it was a, a relatively good building block. I think next year, if Chuba and Thailand get together and say we want to come back for one more year, um, then that would the OSU team that year will be something to be feared. But right now, um, can't play with the big dogs right now. Yeah, they're not quite ready. But they're I think eight nine wins is definitely in the cards. But you got and Chuba, that, Chuba coming back. Well, Chuba and Thailand coming back is very iffy. Next year, if they do, we will be much better. 10-11 wins is possible at that point. Well, isn't Chuba a sophomore? Redshirt. So he can go to the so league? So he can. This is his third year in the program, so he can go to the league. And if he keeps running like he is, proving that he can just be an absolute workhorse, I mean, he's getting 30, 40 carries a game. Like... That's nuts. He had 37, 37 carries. carries. It w- they, they didn't even want to give LD Brown the ball. Like, Spencer Sanders is our running back, too, right now. Like, not Both 100 yard rushers. Yeah, I mean, we ran the ball well. And they were stacking the box, daring Spence to beat him. And you know what? He played pretty well. So I'll, I'll take it. Um, it's, it's okay. We'll probably lose Bedlam. But other than that, there might be another loss in there. But I hope that we play well against the teams we should beat, unlike last year. Let's talk uh, OU versus Tech this week. So OU's coming off a bye. Lots of time to prepare for this uh, vaunted Texas Tech defense and offense. You know, they're just such a great team, especially without Alan Bowman. Um, I don't think that Texas Tech plays... I don't think they play with OU at all. No, it's going to be a blowout. Like it's The not, line is at minus 27. Unless we get two, our first two drives or picks again, um, I don't think Texas Tech can stay in at all. And they don't have, without Alan Bowman. Um, yeah, right. Like, Jet, what do you do? Jet Duffy can't throw the football well. He like, he's terrible an last average year. thrower of the football. Alan Bowman is a very good quarterback, but he, he was their only hope to stay in the game, I think. Like, moderately. Like, keep it less than 20. And... Without him, it should be a blowout. Um, so with that in mind, how how much do you think OU needs to win by for it to be impressive? Like, if they win by 21, they win by 21. It's not wowing anybody, but at what point are you like, they blew them 
out of the stadium. Four like, scores. Four scores? Four scores. So, like, so 30. 24 is play. 24? Really? 24 I think it's got to be more than 30 for well, them. Well, I don't think they have to, For me, they have to cover for it to be a, yeah, they got to cover for it, them to be successful win the line is at minus 27 so four touchdowns or more for me um we're not the same air raid team we used to be no but you're still you're like you shouldn't give up a bunch of points i don't think we'll give up any that many points but i don't think our line's good enough to have those uh bust out runs for like 75 yards and i don't think we're gonna be throwing those 75 yard passes well okay you're i could still foresee you guys hanging 50 and them being at like 17 so if we hang 50 then they're our second team will give up points we don't have much depth and well okay that's fair but regardless like i i don't think we'll see i think for me they gotta cover i think this is more of an eye test thing because yeah very true you're gonna have our second team defense is gonna go in early so yes i'm yes really just play good i don't care, care about the points i expect a big win just play good, play solid. Don't make a lot of picks. Don't don't uh, get hurt, and don't give up big plays. And I think we're all good. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a get to. Well, really, get to next week, which is Kansas, which is get to next week, which is the Red River game. So, um, let's talk a little bit of Texas Tech. I thought they were going to be a little bit better, but with Bowman being out for a substantial number of weeks, they're. Three and one or two and one right now. They're two and one. They lost to Arizona. With Bowman being out a significant number of weeks, like I could easily see them not making a bowl. Would you like would you agree with that? I mean, they've got they play so right. They play, they're in Norman, then OSU goes down to Lubbock, then they're at Baylor, then they're uh then they're uh, Iowa State comes down, and then they're at Kansas. Like up until that Kansas game, they I think they will they'll probably lose each of those. Can they beat Kansas though? Uh, that, that's I think Kansas Texas Tech might actually end up being a good game. That might I, I it wouldn't surprise me if Tech doesn't make a uh, bowl game this I, year. Literally, I think they might win four games. Because I mean, without like, a good quarterback, that team yeah. doesn't work. It, that it the team doesn't. is around the quarterback. Exactly. It's it's not a good situation for Tech and. I it's gonna be a rough week for sure. Um, the only reason they're really they've been relevant these last couple of years is because yeah. they have, yeah, Patrick Mahomes who's elite, and you have you know you have Alan Bowman who's still a really he's really, really quarterback. good. Without those guys, you're not the same Texas Tech team. You're absolute garbage. You're sitting more like a Kansas State or a uh, a recent Baylor. K State is in the top twenty-five, sir. Are they the top? Okay, K State last year. Um, speaking of K-State, let's talk a little bit of, that's who OSU plays this week, so K-State comes down to Stillwater, we're back at home, um, to me this is a must win, like, you need to build on that pretty good performance in Austin, and hey, we're gonna beat a top 25 team, we're gonna perfect our home turf, it's gonna be under the lights, it's gonna be a relatively big game, it's gonna be on ESPN, listen, I bought ESPN Plus, because... It was because uh, uh, of the McNeese game, and I'm going to have to use it again. But, like, why do we keep playing? This is this is a pretty good team versus a top 25 team. 
like leading rusher in the country, leading receiver in the country, and it's on ESPN Plus. Maybe they just don't want to see it. It's like giving you all those eleven o'clock games. I think I think it's I think they scheduled it like two weeks ago when they didn't think that it would be a relevant game, but it's kind of sort of semi relevant. Yeah, that's the like, game you'd watch. It's the game you turn on, you see it, you go, okay, yeah, I'll watch yeah, this I'll watch at the beginning. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, you must win. Like, OSU has to protect home turf, and they have to win. And I know K State is a they're a pretty good team this year. Uh, they still have Skylar Thompson in in town, and I mean he's he's always been pretty good. But um, and they have a decent tailback, but they're they're gonna not be that typical Big 12 offense. So hopefully um, being in a rather not explosive game, the offense will still be comfortable and still be able to put up points. But we'll see. You got to win the game. If For you don't, sure. If you don't win the game, then you're irrelevant. Then OSU, OSU just becomes irrelevant. Yeah. And then no, K-State is, looks really, really good this all is of a sudden. Must, yeah, K-State all of a sudden becomes a little bit of a threat. If they go into Stillwater, they're 4-0. And it's like – because, I mean, OSU is able to play – with Texas and Texas is easily the second best team in the conference. So, yeah, um, they gotta win. Uh, what I'm eager to see is, like, I'm worried about Chuba's legs. Thirty to forty carries a game is intense. Like that is a heavy workload. And if I was the coach, um, the coaching staff, I would be worried about fatigue. It's, it's weak. Five, and he's got 103 carries and that's includes literally three blowout games like yeah you gotta give it to the next guy you but can't brown is terrible like i said spence uh, is the rb2 right now that's I rough really, really miss jd king right now in terms of conserving legs because like he was much better than brown do you guys really not have anyone not even we a, have this freshman really, no we have this freshman that's really good from katie texas i think he's he's a four-star tailback he was like top 200 in the country so like he's pretty good but we're trying to redshirt him i think kind of like we did with chuba where we knew he was really good as a freshman but we had justice so we're trying to save eligibility right yeah so I don't think they want to go to him. But I think in terms of talent and ability, he's easily the second best running back on the team. But I don't think they're going to play him. If, if Chuba goes down. His name is uh, DeAndre something. Katie? Maybe his last name's Katie. I don't know. He's good. He had a couple carries against McNeese for like eight yards or something. If, uh, if Chuba goes down, do you think we see him? Possibly, honestly, because Brown can't run the ball. If Chuba gets hurt, they will they will forget about the red shirts and they will start running everyone. We got a kid like Jamal Jeter, JUCO transfer, LD Brown. Um, there's one other one, and then there's the the freshman. So yeah, I think for sure if Chuba goes down, they will say screw the red shirts, kind of like they did when Rudolph was a freshman. They were trying to get his red shirt, where it's just like, well, we gotta play you at this point. Um, if if you lose this game, are we still trying to salvage a season here, or are we really keeping that red shirt? Um, oh, if we lose this game, keep the red shirt and just try as hard as you can to get Tylen Wallace to win the Belenikov. Just start throwing it out to him. Just literally every play, target Tylen Wallace. I don't care. Like, just give me the Belenikov, and I will take my seven and five season and my Belenikov trophy as consolation for going seven and five 
we go eight and four, that'll be plus. That's okay. And then if we go nine and three, I'll be very pleased. Anything better than that is just icing on the cake. Yeah. Um. In terms of, uh, I'm I I am excited for Spence to play another good team. Um. Right, because those first three games, he he looked good against Oregon State. Right. Yeah, but it's Oregon State. Right, but it's Oregon State. So, um, and then against McNeese, he just looked like, I don't know if Rusty's the right, like, it wasn't completely dialed in. He was missing his throws by a little bit. And against Tulsa, the same thing kind of happened. He played a couple good quarters, but then a couple of them were not good. And then last week against Texas, he really showed that he was a, a pretty good quarterback. Even though he's playing a better team and he's going to make more mistakes, he looked good from what the eye test was telling me. Um, so I want to see him against maybe a little bit worse team and see how he does, you know, cause I think this is a good game. If he goes out, throws for 200 yards, two touchdowns, and maybe goes for like 50, 60 on the ground and another touchdown, I'll be like, I'm ready. Like you're, you, I'm sold. I'm excited to see if he can really settle in in one of these games and just really play to his full potential. And yeah. And just kind of like dissect a defense. If when we can see that, then I think you got a really bright future, but we haven't really seen that yet. We've seen flashes, flashes right? Yeah. It's not been sustained for an entire game, but I need to see him just start lighting it's, guys up. Yeah. Just not against OU. But he's, he's got the capability for sure, but it, it comes at quarters at a time. It doesn't come for halves or games. So we'll see that. Um, in terms of the in-state stuff, it's not super interesting. The Texas game was exciting, but um, what was really good this week was the rest of the country. Um, let's start with Michigan. Um, you can I'll, you can say I told you so. You just... Hey, kudos to Michigan. They finally put points up against this Wisconsin defense. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. God. Wasn't really excited to see it happen, but, no. you know, Wisconsin's human, too. They gave us some points. Not gonna lie. Um, it, it is not so much that Shea Patterson sucks. The offensive line... Did you watch the game? I did not watch the game. The offensive line for Michigan was getting bullied every single play. It was ridiculous. Also, Dax got in, so... That's good. Yeah, That's he, good. he was in on a couple plays. Um, it's like, yeah. Didn't know him, but he went to our school. So, um, but yeah, the Michigan offensive line was getting bullied by that Wisconsin defensive line. So, um, I literally Patterson and McCaffrey were getting hit on every single play. It was bad, and they were going in and out because they kept getting hurt. It was like that's well, not good. They're like, well, you're less hurt. Go take the snaps. Like it was ridiculous. It was not good. Michigan looked terrible. Their defense looked terrible. Jonathan Taylor, good lord, he had 120 yards in the first quarter. That guy in the is, first quarter. That man can run. He's deep so ball. good. Honestly, I'm I'm ready to declare that. Taylor is better than Etienne and Swift. That it's Taylor, Etienne, and Swift, and then everybody else. Yeah. I and give you that. I give you that. Like, he's, he is ridiculous. You think he's the next uh, big-time back in the NFL? I don't know about that. You think he can be up there with Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon? No. Saquon got hurt. But, hey, hey, to everyone who doubted Daniel Jones. This is to all you people out there. I don't know how many. How, Stuart, how many people listen to our podcast? Do you have the stats? Well, like, uh, I don't even know. Like 10, maybe? 10 or less. 10. So we'll go with like seven. 
Okay. All seven of you, I could name three of you at least. It's Trey, Tim, and my parents. Oh, and Ryan. That's six. <laughs> so my brother, my parents, and Trey and Tim. All right. So you guys, right? All of you doubted Daniel Jones. I know you did. Mom, I know even you subconsciously doubted Daniel <laughs> Jones. Everyone thought, what are the Giants doing? Let me tell you. I never, I never had a doubt in my mind that he was going to be good. Stud. He's been good in the preseason. He's good in the. He, he looked great in his first play, uh, his first real football game. Fantastic. He is the savior of the Giants. Danny Dimes. Do I'm, we? Is it still unconfirmed that he is not a Manning? We don't. Do we know if he's a Manning yet? He's not a Manning. Are we sure? Yes. Because he looks like a Manning. Well, he has no personality. Like the Mannings. Like well, Peyton Eli. has a personality. Peyton has a personality. But, like, he's more athletic than the Mannings are. He did have a run at the middle. No, he, nice. he played well. Like, he's... Everyone was like, well, Daniel Jones stunk at Duke. And it was like, you know how many drops he had? And you realize he was playing with Duke? Like, you give him NFL receivers, it's completely different than Duke's receivers. Duke. Like, they're good at, I they're mean, good at basketball. They are very good at. Honestly, give him Zion last year. He probably throws. <laughs> give him Zion. Zion. If line up Zion at tight end, Daniel Jones is a better year. Changed my mind. Uh, you can't. You can't. You can't argue against that. Zion I mean, just did a. He's, Zion he's is big. a freak. He's transferable to any sport. He could probably hit thirty homers in the major leagues if you gave him six months. Teach him to swing a baseball bat. He's so strong. He he could probably be the best enforcer if you taught him to skate and hockey. Oh, he'd be he'd, he'd be so he'd good. Lo- he would some literally guys destroy people. Like, like oh my gosh. The kids skate. I don't know. That's, that's no. You teach lot. him to skate. I'm. You give him six months to learn to swing a baseball. You give him six months to learn to skate. It's like uh, that movie. Um, what is it? Uh, you seen Boone? I'm not. No. It's like, it's like where the guy it's he's the enforcer on the team right he doesn't know how to skate but he can hit hard and fight <laughs> it's really it's really good it's on netflix you should watch it it's really funny um uh but like no daniel jones how did i get here you're talking about how zion would help out well daniel jones okay yes but what did we from the things we're actually supposed to talk about on this podcast to daniel jones how did we get here we were talk- oh, so we talked about Jonathan Taylor, and then it was like... Ezekiel, like Saquon. Yes, right. Okay, so Saquon got hurt, and Daniel Jones still played great. So Daniel Jones is amazing. Um, and I'm a Patriots fan, and now you're all... Well, I guess the people that listen to this know that I'm a Patriots fan, and it's, like, true, but don't call me bandwagon. Um, rooting for Boston teams makes up for being an Oklahoma State fan. It's just... It's, like, balance. It's it's not balance. It's balance. Dude. It's depression from OSU every year. Anyways. Um so yeah, Michigan stinks. Jonathan Taylor's amazing. Uh you know who's coming to the big house in a couple weeks? Notre Dame. Um and Notre Dame went down to Athens to play Georgia this weekend. Wow. Um I like, it was 
a little closer. I thought it was going to be like a 10-point game. It was six, but it was, in a way, it was closer than six points. Like, it came down to the very end. Notre Dame looked a lot better than I thought they would. Their they defense the is good. Yeah, their defense is well, really, Ian really Book good. Well, Ian has always been able to throw the ball. I think you're basing too much off of Clemson smacking them in the playoff. I don't think we know how good Clemson is. Clemson last year was so good. Like, think about it. They had four defensive linemen that went in the first round of the NFL draft, or the first two rounds. And three of them went in the first 17 picks. Like, those are the guys chasing Ian Buck around. That's ridiculous. And Clemson's defense is really good as a whole. Venables is a great coach. Yes. And... Like, the Clemson, we know what Trevor Lawrence is capable of, and we know even though he's played very mediocre this year, he is still Trevor Lawrence. And, I mean, that Clemson team, there is a reason they smacked Notre Dame by 27, and then they went and killed, killed and embarrassed Alabama in the national championship. They were so good. Like, Notre Dame is was not bad last year. Your argument of they're not a top 10 team is so flawed. It is... You are... After this week, after this week, I can give them top 10. They look really, really good. They're it's a like really good the team. seventh best team in the country. Right? Like, I mean, think about it. Okay. Ohio State. Right. Okay. OU. Clemson. Ohio State. Alabama. OU. Georgia. LSU. Is anybody better? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Maybe. Wisconsin. Wisconsin-Notre Dame is like a battle for that seventh spot. We, um, I think Wisconsin beats Notre Dame. I don't know about that. Are you kidding? I don't know about that. It'd be a good game. Wisconsin's defense is too good to lose. They're too good to lose. Wisconsin's defense hasn't, like, anybody could get a pass rush on that Michigan offensive line the way they looked last week. Well, maybe it's because Wisconsin is that good. No. I mean, Wisconsin is that good, but, like, Notre Dame, and you know the Notre Dame offensive linemen are big. Yeah, they're always big. Like, Quentin Nelson is literally went from Notre Dame to the NFL, and he was already the best guard in the league, practically. People were like, this kid's amazing. He was all pro as a rookie. All pro. Not pro bowl. All pro. That's absurd. Anyways, so we've established Notre Dame is better than we expected, but is Georgia worse than we thought? Oh, I don't know what to base this these, right? these yeah, things off of. It's who, tough. Who do we have? Who does? Who is? Who's? Who's our? Who do we look at? Like the Georgia could be great, and Notre Dame could just be better, or Georgia could be terrible, and Notre Dame could be like we thought. <laughs> it's tough because it, I mean, obviously Georgia played with Bama last year, right? But Clemson smacked Bama, and then Clemson smacked right. So it it it's hard to do that transitive property right so um i think it's tough i don't think georgia is i think come week 12 come the sec championship georgia is going to be much better than they are right now because their receivers that are so young are going to have so much more experience i don't know how much that helps them Oh, I mean, it I has know, to. I know that's obviously getting more uh getting more snaps, snaps and everything. Are the biggest like they're the most important thing. But like come in terms on. of learning the offense and like getting used to the speed of college football. I know I think I, I know it'll be impactful and of course it'll get better, but you you got a veteran quarterback there, you got a veteran running back. I don't know what their line looks like, but uh, I mean how your job is just to catch the ball, run the right route. Okay. You're making you're oversimplifying the position of receiver. Um like 
you still have to like you you still have to learn to play the sport of college football. Yeah, it's very but, they're going to be a lot better. And they, Georgia doesn't have a terribly like they still have to play Florida, right? But they don't play. I think they play Auburn, but they don't play like they don't play Bama in the regular season. The toughest teams left that I know they play are Mizzou and Florida. And both of those aren't really a team with threat. Hey, hey. Kyle Trask actually looks really good at Florida. Did you see what he did this week? I did not. Keep more up to date about football, Stuart. We have a football podcast. Uh, yeah, I know. We have it's a football bad. podcast. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Oklahoma. Uh, I know I you watch Oklahoma sports. I know you went to homecoming this weekend, but like. There's still time for football on Sunday. Oh, um, I watched. Don't tell me. I watched Baker Mayfield. Okay, but there game. was there was three hours after you got off work between Sunday night football. So, anyways, um, yeah, I think I think Georgia is. We'll. They should win the SEC East. So like they'll play Bama and we'll figure it out. But oh, Bama's gonna beat them this year. You think so? I think so. Alabama has a very not great, like not Alabama quality defense this year. Also, run game has been a little lacking. They were averaging less than four yards a carry up until this week. Yeah, I, I still kicks. think I still think they beat they beat. Uh, no, I don't, I'm not saying they. Don't, I just don't think that like it's definitive. But we'll see. Obviously, there's a lot more football left to be played. Bama versus, I mean, who knows? It could be LSU representing the SEC West in the championship game. Mm, that would be interesting. Good. I'd like to see that. They look good. So, speaking of LSU, let's talk uh, the Joe Burrow-Heisman campaign, which we are firmly uh, full steam ahead, uh, captain of the, the train, the freight train that is on runaway right now. Six touchdowns this week. The dude is ridiculous. He threw 18 touchdown passes last year. Through three games and three quarters, he had 18 touchdown passes this year. He's on pace. I saw to throw 51 TDs. That is incredible. And, like, he's not going to throw 51 touchdowns. But to be operating at that high of a level right now is absurd. He is throwing four touchdowns against Texas, and then he's going out and just playing as good as he possibly can against the Cupcakes. Like, he's there's no... he. He's amazing. Three of the four games, he's thrown four TDs, right? He's he's third in the nation in QBR. Jalen Hurts has won, but he hasn't played as yeah, tough teams. Yeah, he hasn't right? played so, much yet. Um, and two a second, cupcakes as well. And then you got Burrow, who's actually played a real team. So I think right now, Joe Burrow is my Heisman winner right now. I think Jalen Hurts is going to win at the end of the season. But right now, through the four games... Joe Burrow. I think Jalen Hurts is going to have an easier we – we play easier defenses. It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, no, you you play a lot easier defenses, and um, you have an easier schedule, just like in general. I mean, what are the games you have to worry about? Are you guys in Ames this year? No. No, we're not. You're, so Iowa State comes down to Norman. you got to worry about the Red River game, and you got to go to Boone Pickens. Are there any other games that even remotely cross your mind as possible defeats? Uh, playing Texas twice. Okay, well, obviously, that's what I, I mean. Like, you got to play Texas, right? So, teams that are left on your schedule that can beat you, other than Texas and a fluke OSU. K-State, actually, if they come in and pull something, that would, that would scare I me. I think you're they in Manhattan a, this year. They have a history of... Right, of, you're uh, in Manhattan. We are, yeah, we're in Manhattan. So. They, they do have a history of, of being really good. 
uh, when we don't want them to be right. against okay, us. But still, I, I think it's... I think they'll be fine. That would be the flute game if we have one. Okay. Yeah, I could get behind the the like the random loss that OU has every year that you're like, huh? Yeah. Um. Now let's talk. Uh. Before, talk, before we leave this, can you even imagine a college football playoff without Alabama? It is. It's been how long has it been? No, they've they've never they've, never they've made one. it every single year. They've never. It's the one. Alabama Invitational. Imagine, imagine if LSU takes that spot. Let me throw this scenario at you: three SEC teams make it, Clemson and three SEC teams. There's literally no way. No, Georgia, LSU, Alabama. Yes, hear me out. Let me let me throw this scenario at you. The Pac-12 is literally out of it. They're beating themselves up. They're non-existent. Okay. Texas loses to OU in the regular season, then beats OU in the title game so texas wins the big 12 championship but they have two losses okay okay where's ohio state well i'm getting there ohio state stumbles along the way like they did against purdue last year somewhere they they lose a game right and at that point and then they go to uh and but they still beat wisconsin in the 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 championship game so they're they're 12 and 1 going into the playoff. But the SEC situation works out to where you have an undefeated LSU or Alabama, you have a one-loss Georgia that lost a nail-biter to the SEC West champion, and you have whoever lost the Bama LSU game, it went down to like a game-winning field goal. Do you put Ohio State has one of those bad games like it did against Purdue that you're like we can't put them in. Like they went, they went to Purdue and they lost by the twenty, right? So, do, does three SEC do three SEC teams make it? Uh, there's no way. There is no way there's that happens. There's so much SEC bias and not that like it's biased. Like the SEC is the best conference and it's not close. But if, like, do you really, you really think that that's not possible? Like at all? I mean, I think it's possible. And I think the entire country would be outraged. There are the five best teams in college football. Three of them are in the SEC. So if one of them slips up, if if one of the other two slip up, and OU ha- doesn't uh, loses to Texas in the regular or whatever the scenario, I can't remember what I said right now. But you, I think it's possible. I think there is a situation. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But do I think that is possible? And does chaos happen in college football every year? Yes. Yeah. Not so far this year. It hasn't been too chaotic. But but I, it's it's when you get into that conference season and then somebody goes on the road and then you're like, huh? Like two years ago when Penn State beat Ohio State and we were like, whoa, Penn yeah. State's back. And then we all found out who Saquon was. Um, so next crazy thing that happened this week uh, that UCLA Wazoo game. Whoa. Okay, where was that when we played them? Are is is OU just really really good, or is Wazoo just really really bad? No, I think like Wazoo. If Mike Leach, I think it's to the point where. Did you see how many touchdown passes Gordon threw? Washington? I mean, they both, I mean Mike Leach's offense is going. TDs, right. So Mike Leach doesn't know how to like play. Like he plays with the lead, like he's losing by thirty, right? Like, he's just airing it out still. So when that stops working, that stops the clock a lot, right? So now I'm going to caveat this with 
when it was when it was forty two seventeen, I went to bed, <laughs> so I didn't I didn't watch it. I said because we were we were at uh, Julian's house, and then I was like, I'm going home. I'm watching Pac twelve after dark, and then I got home. I turn on the UCLA game, and it's kind of close. But then Wazoo starts to pull away, and I was like, it's bedtime. Like this is not a game. And I woke up, get my phone, and I see that UCLA came back. Right, but I think that the way Mike Leach operates, if they are not completing those passes. 75, 80% of the time, the clock isn't running when they're when they're trying to play with the lead, you know? So that really doesn't set up for winding the clock but out, protecting still, that lead. How does UCLA score that many points? Like it's, it's not that they don't have the capability. They have athletes and they have a decent quarterback and a good offensive football coach. They're just really young and really inexperienced and I was I was thoroughly surprised when I saw no, they pulled that game No, of course I was. They're not good. No, they're. I didn't think they could beat Wazoo. I didn't think it no, was. No, Wazoo even... is like actually like you play that game ten times. Wazoo wins eight of them. Yeah, that's that is not a good look for Mike Leach. <laughs> no, it was so funny too in the broadcast. They were talking about well, Utah lost this week. Speaking, we're gonna get to that in a second. The Pac-12 sucks. Um, <laughs> you, they're like, well, Utah lost this week, and Washington State's already lost, and Oregon's already lost. So maybe Wazoo is the Pac-12's playoff hope. Two hours later, they lost UCLA, <laughs> team that hadn't won all year. So, um, like, that's, I think, to me personally, though, the most interesting thing at the UCLA-Wazoo game was easily Gardner Minshew, hmm. our king. Um, literally the most amazing human being to ever walk a planet. He is that dude. He, literally, like, you're you're hanging out with your buddies and you got your girlfriend and Gardner Minshew walks in the room, like, you better leave, like, and take her with you because he will steal your girl. He's amazing. The stash, the hair, Quadzilla. the jock strap. Oh, my gosh. The quads, the jorts. He is, he is an American hero. Like, amazing. And then they won on Thursday Night Football. Like, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Thursday Night Football, Marcus Mariota, bust. <laughs> Remember when it was like Jameis and Marcus Mariota? They're like, Heisman. they were like, no, it was like, oh, in the, in the draft. Yeah, they were like, these two guys, like the top two picks, it's going to be set for lot. And both of them stink. Yeah, they're not good neither. Um, so yeah, Gardner Minshew, uh, the king. Uh, I low key hope he takes Nick Foles' job and Nick Foles just doesn't get it back. Even though Nick that. Foles is an awesome guy. I, like Nick Foles is gonna retire in two three years. He's like thirty. So and he's got that Super Bowl ring. Like yeah, he won exactly. That. And he's got a Super Bowl MVP. And everyone will remember Nick Foles. That Philly special, that Super Bowl, it was amazing. It was a great game, right? But Gardner Minshew is twenty three. We can get ten years of this. I know. And you Sign got, me up. You got a you got a pretty good defense. Yeah, right. You got, Assuming you got, they, you got Leonard Fournette. You got you got some wide receivers they're, there too. They're gonna trade Jalen Ramsey. But like, yeah, they're was. Uh, uh, Jacksonville has relatively decent skill position players around him. So that could be very good. Um, as far as the rest of the Pac-12, Utah. Um, <laughs> did you see that thing where Corso had Utah in the national championship game in the preseason? Utah in the national championship game is literally, is literally impossible. Utah's biggest rival is BYU. How can you be rivals with BYU and compete for national championships? You just can't. You just can't. You can't. You can't. If your rival sucks, you suck too. <laughs> Facts. It, it's, That's like being rivals with Kansas. Like, right? Yeah. Like, like hey, you suck. Hey, Mizzou is rivals with Kansas. Hey, you suck. Aggressively average is the term I prefer, okay? Aggressively, aggressively sucky. Aggressively average. Or aggressively average. It's that simple. 
I disagree. Maybe we'll get a quarterback when I'm there, and like, I mean, when the SEC have a, you have, you've had two quarterbacks. Um, you have one now, and you had one last year. Yeah, but okay, but like, it was about the skill positions then. The skill positions are better now. You got you had Drew Locke. He's good. JJ Hester catches a touchdown pass to win the SEC championship. It we'll has. Um. Anyways. That. Uh, so mm. USC was on their third string quarterback Matt Fink, and uh, the dude was actually really good. Not gonna lie, he was a really good quarterback. Um. And they they beat Utah, and so. Utah was in the top 10, and I was like, this is a joke. Somebody beat them. And then I was looking at their schedule, and I was like, gosh, dang it. Why does a Pac-12 suck? But then USC was like, ah, hold my beer. I got this. Um, Thank you, USC, for uh, yeah, like killing the Pac-12. Because they're going to be the fourth one if they get in. Right. So now USC's in the top 25, but they're just going to lose soon. They lost to BYU. They're not good. So it's fine. The Pac-12 is... I have this in my notes for the outline of the episode. What I call this next thing is, I think we should make this a recurring. Like, whenever the Pac-12 starts beating up on each other. The Pac-12 is so average that they can't even make it five weeks without sucking as a whole. Um, it's week five, and they're out of the playoff. Like, that's ridiculous. Who's our leader in the Pac-12? I, there is none. Is it Washington? Do you give it to Washington? Hey, hey Jacob Eason throws a great ball, but they lost to Cal. So, like... It, they're just it's ridiculous um yeah i mean what the heck um in terms of like yeah they there's literally no one there's literally no one like the the pac 12 stinks like oregon is pretty good but they lost to auburn and you know they're going to lose another game along the way and at the end of the season, a loss to Auburn isn't going to look good because when Auburn plays, when they play LSU and Alabama, they're going to get smacked. Bo Nix is going to get exposed. He's young. They can't throw the football, but yet they still win games. They're going to play real teams, and I think they play Georgia too. And they're just going to get destroyed. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll So that loss those. is going to look instantly worse. Now, if Oregon had won that game, the Pac-12 still has lots of playoff hopes. But they choked, so... The Pac-12 season is effectively over, and it's week five. Like, is that really a surprise to anyone? I mean, no, but if Oregon won, I, think I, had Oregon I thought in my, Oregon was going to win. I had him in my top six at the beginning of the season. I had season. Washington. But they lost a cow. Like, Okay, that game kicked off at 1230 at night, I would like to say. So that's like a weird situation. They still should have won, but I couldn't have predicted that. Um, Let's do... Weekly picks. Uh, where we've covered pretty much all there is to. There's some good games. Nothing great that I I think we should, you know, give our takes on across the rest. I mean, UVA Notre Dame will be a decent game. And there's there's another one that's oh, uh Ohio State and uh uh Nebraska will be okay. That's where game day's at. And uh USC goes up to uh Seattle to play uh UW, so I mean, but really, who cares? Yeah, um, those games are just mediocre. I, yeah, Washington should beat USC, and uh, Washington State is at Utah. So the Pac-12 has some decent games, but really, they're just gonna keep beating each other, and they'll all be nine and three or ten and two at the end of the year, and it'll be like, well, you're not making the playoff. Um, so let's do uh, the the in-state games. Um, OU versus Tech. OU is a 27-point favorite. Uh, you think they cover? Yeah, they cover. They cover? Okay. Um, 
I'm going to say that they cover as well, and the over under is 72. Um, I'm gonna I, go over. Mm, I'm, I'm gonna go under. Really? I know you, you should. Th- looking at this game, OU versus Tech. You really you, should. You really ever pick the under? Exactly, no, exactly. You but Bowman's not playing, so I understand where you're coming from. But this defense, our OU defense, looks a lot better, and the Texas Tech offense doesn't look like it's gonna have a good week. So I got the under. That's okay. risky. Risky. It makes no sense. But it also but sometimes, makes sense. Sometimes the best thing to pick is the thing that makes no sense. Let's just go in my gut here. Um, OSU versus K State. OSU is a four-point favorite. What do you? What's your? What's your pick? Uh, they cover. They cover. I think so too. I think we win by ten. Does it hit hope. the over? Over under sixty-one and a half. I'm hey. I'm going over. It's I gotta go over too. I think it's gonna be a similar score to this week, like thir- like thirty-seven twenty-seven. Is my final score prediction. Yeah, that'll be over. All right. Or, no, 38-27. Um, yeah. So, what? So we. the only thing we differed on was... Tech. Uh, I got tech under, you got you tech got, over. Yeah, okay, so that'll determine you're up 3-1 to one because I have an inability to... Uh, I had an inability to, to realize that Michigan stunk last week. Um, but, you know, it's okay. You live and you learn. You make mistakes. Sometimes right. the gut is just the right thing to go with. <laughs> all right. So that's all for this week. Well, we'll be back next week, hopefully, at with another win under our belts for each of our teams. See ya. See ya.